Melbourne United's season may have come to an unfortunate early close last month, but the work continued for the coach, Dean Vickerman, who stepped in to take charge of the Boomers in the recent FIBA World Cup qualifying window. And as we count down to Game 1 of the NBL Finals Series starting tonight, we thought we better catch up with the dual NBL Coach of the Year and the three-time championship winning coach. Dean Vickerman, welcome to SEN. Yeah, thanks for having me. Firstly, I imagine a real honour to guide the national team for a couple of games. Take us through that. Yeah, it really was. Um, you know, it was something when I, after spending nine years in New Zealand, when I came back to Australia, it was a it was a goal of mine to try and to get with the national team. And it's taken me around six years to, to get there, six, seven years. And, um, but yeah, absolute honour. Um, you know, I got to speak to a lot of former Boomers coaches, players, and, you know, everyone just talks about it being one of their, their greatest basketball experiences um, with the players just coming together and, um, you know, really just fighting for their country and no no money and kind of involved. It's, it's just about the, mm. the, the purity of the game. So long-held ambition, I suppose. But you'd had your opportunities, hadn't you? But I suppose club commitments and whatnot had made it impossible in the past? Yeah, I think, to be fair, as an NBL head coach, to be fair on your club, you know, stepping out of your program in the in the middle of the season for those windows is, is to me it's really challenging. If I was an owner, I really wouldn't want my head coach to to be leaving. So um, yeah, this one outside of those uh, the NBL season was it was a great opportunity. And you can't argue with the results either. Now we can say what we want to say about Bahrain and Kazakhstan and the like, but 42 over the former and 45 over the latter. Yeah, you know, Bahrain had sacked their coach and, and it made some real improvements since last time the Boomers got to play him. And, and we got to see Kazakhstan, you know, directly after our game against Bahrain. And, and you know, they, they, they were, uh, 12 points was the difference between them and China. So yeah, China's a bit of a powerhouse. So, yeah, mm-hmm. both teams have really improved. But, um, yeah, Kazakhstan from Hong Kong to Melbourne to play on a Sunday... <laughs> The travel schedule and our pressure, you know, really warmed down. Uh, speaking of your club involvement, so was there a sense of familiarity out there as well, Dean? I know you had Isaac Humphreys there. I think Mason Peatling was involved. And you had your, one of your former guards, Mitch McCarron, on the floor as well. Yeah, Kyle Adnan played for yep. us as well. So, yeah, yeah, there were some guys that, that I knew well. But I think that's a big part of, you know, being a boomer is, you know, you know with New Zealand and with... Um, Melbourne United, we've had our battles against Perth over the time, and there was, you know, quite a heavy Perth influence with, with which Mitch Norton and uh, Nick Kay and Reese Vague and all these guys that we'd really battled against, and and I hadn't really spent much time with them, so to to get in, to get to sit down with them at breakfast and just chat about basketball and how their experiences going overseas, it was a lot of fun. Now, we might come back to that boomer setup, Dean, because there's a small matter, of course, of the NBL final starting tonight. So the time for talking is just about done. Not quite, though, because you're here. So I want to ask you how you see this one on paper. Yeah, you know, really good battle. I've, I've been fortunate enough to work for both of these two programs and, um, you know, very proud programs in, and winning traditions. So, um, yeah, Sydney are one of the, the fastest-paced team in the league and they just get up and down mm. and um, sometimes finals basketball can really bring that back a little bit and so I think that's the defensive challenge about who can who can get the, the, the game on their terms about the speed that it's played at and New Zealand such a clinical pick and roll team you know great decision makers in, in Wilmot Dow White and, and great finishes you know in Pardon and Brantley and yeah it's, it's going to be we're all hoping it goes five 
Can we start the scouting report from your perspective, I suppose, on the Kings, Dean? I mean, home court advantage, they've got the MVP. Now, they got your United three out of three this year with, with a pretty healthy winning margin as well. I mean, how do you plot against a side like the Sydney Kings? Yeah, I think a lot of it's about their, you know, they are, you know, both teams are great defensive teams and, and Sydney do it in a different way. They they really they really dare you to, um, you know, different people on your team to shoot it. And so, you know, your ability to put a lot of shooting on the floor against them to try and, you know, counter their defensive coverage is, is really important. I think New Zealand are, are capable of doing that. But as I said, the, the pace that they play at, um, you know, Cooks is such a match-up problem where you feel like you need to put a guard on him because he's so quick and mobile. And then around the rim, you just need the length to, to be able to try and challenge him at the rim as well. So, yeah, real match-up problem. What about the Breakers? I think uh, you were one and two um, against them on the season. How do you go about planning against New Zealand? I think we were two and one. So we two and one. one. Apologies. <laughs> uh, but... Um, you know, for them, their defense is the opposite. They're mm. such a physical defensive team, and that they really get after you. They try and make you make errors, and um, and then can you know play quickly off that one. But yeah, I think there's a you know we we had some success with you know really flipping our defense to zones and to really trying to counter their their um their pick and roll coverage. Um, but yeah, they've got some real relentless guys as well. Pardon's just one of those guys that's just going to keep spraying the floor. You know, keep going for every offensive rebound. But there's always going to be these X factors. And to me, you know, Barry Brown coming off the bench and what he's capable of doing. Um, and then even a Rob Lowe, you know, who's a guy that the Kings are going to probably allow to shoot some basketballs. And you know, if he's making shots as well, I think that, you know, those two can mm. be real X factors. So who am I to rob you of a win, Dean? Two and one, my apologies. Uh, what about Barry Brown Jr.? You know, someone who I assume would have to be watched coming on. He's lit that spark off the bench right throughout the season yeah he's he's a tough cover you know we when we were in the, the game that we played him the, the last game and, and he's coming back from injury um you know he's just so fast that and gets by you really quickly and finishes um over bigs at a, a really efficient rate so you know we try to gap him a little bit and then he steps into his three ball so mm. uh, just try to you know work out absolutely what you live with with him um you know he's really important he's an emotional guy i think he can really get the um you know go against opposition crowds and get his team fired up and um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how he handles this one. And defensively for New Zealand, I mean, is that would that be one of their primary concerns? You mentioned the Kings so strong in transition. Is this where a, a lot of this uh, best of five uh, game final series lies? It appears to in the eyes of many. Is it the same for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the um, you know winning winning this first one if you're the road team, you know, can be mm. can be you know absolutely vital if you can get that one and you feel like now the you know, you've got advantage going home. But, um, you know, I think New Zealand's defense is, I'm pretty sure they've held them under 90 points in, in all games that they've played so far. So, you know, they've, they've done a job at that end. And uh, if they can continue to shoot the, the three ball at a really high rate, um, you know, give them a great chance. Speaking of Melbourne United coach Dean Vickerman, who took charge of the Boomers in their most recent FIBA uh, World Cup qualifying window. Dean, I wanted to ask you what the postmortem from a United perspective has looked like since the season finished. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we got a lot of time to really review everything. So we've, we've gone through our player reviews and gone through our staff review and 
um, you know, there's a, there's a, it was always a part of it. Is like when we had our best team on the floor, how how were we? And you know, seeing Shaili win eleven out of the fourteen games and having Ariel Huckporty miss the the whole season with injury he was our as our best defender. And those two guys on the floor, and you know, I think we end up ranking sixth or seventh in defense in the league where we've been a top two team. So, you know, they just change so much. Those two guys being back in the lineup, and so. Um, and then having 27 games missed from concussion, which is, I'm sure, an all-time league record, mm. um, it, it was crazy as well. But, yeah, there's some things that we were obviously getting people healthy, but there's some things that we really want to improve about um, how we recruit and the people that we bring in and, and how quickly we can you know, have them adjust to be Mel United players. And what does it, Justine, before I let you go, I'm curious, what does an off-season look like for you and the club? I mean, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about our football codes in here, and we're familiar, I think, in the audiences too with, I guess, the steps in place and the date, the key dates for an off-season. I mean, what does the off-season look like for you? Where do you have to be? When do you have to be there? And, and how do you go about improving your squad and your club? Yeah, obviously, the immediate one is is free agency, which is you know three weeks away. And so, you know, right now we're going through about who we want to re-sign before free agency starts. Mm. Um, you know, looking at the free agency market and trying to you know, be active and ready to make moves as soon as that opens up. Um, that normally allows you time to see what content you have with uh, your local talent and then to really, um, you know, seek the type of import you want. So, you know, going to NBA Summer League, you're normally going to pick up a, a bit of a younger guy, as we did this year with Rajal Tucker. Um, are your needs a little bit different and you want European talent? So there's a chance to get over uh, to Europe this year if, if we think that's the, the path that we want to take. Um, you know, personal development for me, I just kind of started a, a course uh, to try and have myself um, improve in some, some leadership areas that I wanted to continue to challenge myself. Um, and then there's a lot of our players are playing in the off-season as well, so it's just making sure that um, they're stepping forward in their growth in in both their weights and their, and their skill areas. Dean, great to see you in the Boomers set up, mate. Well done, and best of luck in the off-season from a Melbourne United perspective, and, and thanks again for sharing your insights this morning with us. Appreciate it.